Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how we work with athletes with hypermobility. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Rhino Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Mass. Lenny, Dave, Dan, and Mike, three students behind us. Cam, what do we have for a question? We're kind of running out of time. But what students do we have? We have Janice Conkle from New York Medical College, Leanne Cologne from Texas Women's University, and Cameron McDonald from URI. Boom! Squeezing one more episode in today. Cam, what do we got for an amazing episode today? So we have Malia from Waltham. Malia. She writes, I'm curious about your thoughts on managing the patient with hypermobility, specifically those female athletes with generalized hypermobility who tend to prefer dance, gymnastics, silks, or circus arts. I'm finding joint damage and injuries like labral tears, sprains, and dislocations in these athletes. I would love to hear your thoughts on recovery time expectations, exercises, and return to sport guidelines. All right. It's a great question, Molly. I appreciate that. You know what struck me about this question is Molly said she's from Waltham. Yeah. So we're in Waltham, Mass. And we always say Boston. So it's funny. So Maya, you should just come here and ask us. <laughs> come, come hang out. Just Get lunch. So I'm fully expecting you to follow up with us and figure out a time you want to come hang out for 10 minutes because we, we want to come talk to you in person. If you're actually from Waltham, let's talk. I mean, we welcome everybody to come Waltham, visit us. Like so. Missouri, so, right. She didn't put a state, so I assumed it was Waltham, Massachusetts, like as if we knew, right? But uh, seriously, Maya, come see us. And then we'll film it and everybody gets to see it. But anyway, all right. So hypermobile athlete. Great question because she's seeing all these loose jointed people with all these injuries. Dave, you want to start this off? Dave and I recorded a podcast episode. Yeah. Was that for you or for me? I don't even remember. It was for me. It was one of my one of my um, videos from my inner circle. Dave and I talked about hypermobile athletes, but you know, you know, yeah, hypermobile athletes get injuries, and it's probably because they end up doing too much all the time. We kind of say that quite a bit. So, Dave, what's your thoughts? So start this off a little bit. How do you manage your hypermobile athletes? Yeah, so I think it's really good to probably just take a general kind of bullet point approach, kind of like the main topic to hit on versus diving in super deep. But number one is always education, right? These athletes are uh, definitely in need of education about why they're super mobile, like from a joint level, right? They have more collagen tissue. They have, you know, passive structures are more lax versus they might need more soft tissue management instead of just stretching, right? So I think that that's always a huge kind of eye opener for the athletes that we see is like, you can get a lot of range of motion for the wrong reasons. You can yeah. still be soft tissue stiffness with adaptive stretching out of your joint capsules. And I see that a lot of, especially in hips, right? Athletes don't understand. They feel tight, but they are loose in the same point because they've probably done a lot of stretching on their capsular tissues and they don't understand that you can still have quad soft tissue stiffness or adductor soft tissue stiffness. So that's always like number one is education and communicating about like, you know, why they got to you in the first place. I think two is always just trying to really harp on the amount of work and uh, patience that's required to develop strength, right? These athletes are typically 
have no problem with full range of motion. It's not something they had to work on. It's just like, you know, they were born with mobility, but on the other side of the spectrum, they have to work very hard to gain strength, to build dynamic stability and strength. So that's like, okay, well, this is going to be a five to six plus month process. This is not going to be like, you know, in an a unmobile athlete, sometimes you do do some interventions and they like, oh, I feel pretty good. I move pretty well. Mm-hmm. On the opposite side of the coin, we say, well, some people are born super stiff and they don't need problems with building strength, but mobility work is a day-to-day process. They have to work on that every single day. So understanding the differences there of the timeline is really important. And I think the third thing for me personally is always trying to make sure that you're specific to what their needs and their sport is, right? The way that you guys gain shoulder ER, I would never try to chase in a gymnast because they don't require that much layback. But in a swimmer, if they do butterfly stroke, it might be completely different. If they're a dancer or a contortionist or a circus person, they do completely unique things, right? So within the subset of sports, you have hypermobile athletes, but even within that, there's like seven different branches of unique sports that if you're trying to treat a gymnast like a baseball player like a swimmer you're going to completely miss the boat and you're going to probably lose them because you're giving them the wrong thing so i was trying to count how many times you took a breath in all honesty and i was wondering what your o2 stat was 96 (laughs) i was like that went from 99 to like down to 93 over the course good long (laughs) pretty soft so i obviously amazing answer i think you, you nailed it right i mean we could probably end the episode right there i mean just very thorough kind of concept that's how you that's how you have to think of hypermobile athletes you have to think of it from that perspective um what do you guys want to add anybody i agree to dis- disagree <laughs> stretching is appropriate yeah, i think that's the that's the issue we get kids that come in that mid-teen that's always been told they were tight so they've been stretching a ton but in fact they are probably just got hypermobility and they perceive that they feel tight but they're not tight. If you look at their joints, you kind of isolate the joint and look at muscle length for that particular joint, they're not truly tight. And I get a couple examples right now of kids that I'm seeing actively right now that were told by the doc and the previous physical therapist, you got to stretch, stretch, stretch. And then I look and I am not seeing, I'm not seeing the, the tightness issue that they described. So I think it's a perception of being tight, probably because it's an overuse, it's a volume issue, and the muscle is fatigued out and gets, you know, tight and maybe gives a signal to the brain that it needs a break. And that's the signal that you're getting is you're tight. So you're trying to stretch it and it's this cycle and nobody's ever really introduced basic concepts of strength training, basic stuff, especially for a 15 year old, just to kind of get get them acclimated to strength training and then really ramp up their program and, and then focus on sports volume along with their their exercise that they're doing. And I think it's a when those worlds collide for that person, they, they feel completely differently for the hypermobile person, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes it can be like an addition by subtraction kind of treatment style where you take out some some things like maybe like aggressive static stretch, stretching or aggressive manual therapy techniques and they start to feel a little bit better, and then you build strength onto that. Yeah. So that's something to consider. It's as well. funny. Dave and I, we talk about this all the time. It seems like the, the more flexible you are, like his gymnasts that can like put their knee to their face with a hamstring stretch, are the ones that always say they're tight. Mm-hmm. They always say, I feel tight. So just because you can right? doesn't mean you should. So they, right, so, so they stretch to again, get that, that feeling in the mechanoreceptors to try to stimulate a little stretch. So, uh, you know, what, did you have something to answer? All right, just something to add real quick, and I see this a lot. Maybe it's just my population. I don't work with a lot of like, ballet dancers that type of thing it tend to be globally hypermobile um, i see a lot of people that are tight in one area and then not so much in another you know and they get labeled like oh i'm hypermobile or i'm really stiff and like well you're not stiff here but you are stiff here right so maybe do some stretches here but don't stretch this this right. thing doesn't need to be stretched right be more specific yeah be yeah. more specific yeah and I, re- I like that relative instability is is a huge thing right, right. like low back pain in most hypermobile athletes is because something else is not moving well right. so you have one area like dan said that moves a ton to make up for above and below like 
clearly spend more time around the issue. Right. I, I mean, I hate to label all athletes like this, but I think it's actually fairly close. I think most sports, right, are there's eccentric cumulative trauma that happens from the sport. Sure. No matter almost whatever it is, swinging, throwing, rotating, cartwheeling, like anything you may you may uh, you may do, there's always balling. <laughs> there's some sort of eccentric cumulative trauma that happens. So one of my philosophies that we do quite a bit with our with our athletes that are especially our hypermobile athletes is we never ever torque the joint first and that's opposite of what you guys learn in school quite a bit sometimes it depends on the school and the philosophy but sometimes they say they address the joint first and then soft tissue second that's some school's thought process right so for me we don't address the joint first we do soft tissue first because we think any loss of motion is probably from that eccentric cumulative trauma so we're very soft tissue based there at champion because we, we deal with mostly athletes so we never torque a joint before we first work the soft tissue. What happens is athletes, a lot of times with their self-care, they end up trying to torque the joint, and the concept of relative stiffness comes about. And what happens is, is whatever area is tight stays tight, and whatever area is, is mobile becomes hypermobile because that's the path of least resistance in the body. Right. So that's kind of how we put it together. So my key for almost all our athletes is we don't torque joints. We gain our mobility by, by addressing the soft tissue, and then we work on dynamic stability. And I think if you don't do those three things, you end up kind of missing the boat with most of your athletes, especially your, your hypermobile athletes. There's always going to be stiff people that play sports, right, that are still good at sports. But I think a lot of people are, are hypermobile with eccentric cumulative trauma on top of it. So, um, good. So another great episode. I think that's a good one because I think we all see hypermobile athletes a lot, right? And, and if you don't see them completely generalized laxity throughout the body, like the question was saying, even some like, you know, Cirque and, 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 and gymnasts and dancers and type of thing, it, you'll probably still see it like Dan said in certain areas. So I think you got to apply that concept, you know, to whoever it may be in front of you, whatever area of the body you're working with. So um, great question. Head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link and you can fill out the form to ask us more questions like this and be sure to go to itunes to review rate and subscribe and we'll see you in our future episode thank you so much thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have a question you'd like us to answer head to mikerinocom slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and please share this with your friends to help spread the word it would really mean so much to us Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.